It is on! The earliest announcement ever for the biggest wellness summit on record. Get ready to join 1,000 wellness enthusiasts at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on Wait For It, new dates, September 10 and 11, 2016. Get ready to see your favourite wellness cash presenters as you've never seen them before. Regular tickets to the summit will be $297, but for a very limited time, up until Christmas, get your friends together for a special super early bird rate of five tickets for the price of two. That's less than 120 bucks per person, less than $10 per hour to experience over 16 hours of powerhouse wellness. And even better, every ticket goes in the drawer to have an incredible Christmas prize from the Wellness Couch, which is one ticket to the 2016 Wellness Breakthrough and a VIP upgrade to the summit. Wowee. Get your skates on folks and find four friends, book your tickets and automatically enter the drawer at www.thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And our beautiful, gorgeous, spunky Cindy, well, she's in the United States at the moment. She's skiing down slopes and making gorgeous food in the snow. <laughs> and she's, um, hopefully, she's going to join us a bit later if she can make it. She's driving back from Denver, Colorado at the moment, back to her little chalet in the, in the snow, in the Alps there. So if she can join us, she will definitely dial in. But in the meantime... Kimmy and I have somebody very special to introduce you to. Now, I'll tell you my version, and then no doubt Kimmy will tell you her <laughs> version. So I came across this chicky babe on Facebook, oh, let's say six months ago. And I thought, wow, she looks like a bundle of fun, bundle of energy. She's friends with Kim, she's friends with Cindy, and she's being really nice to me. So I'll be friends with her, and I checked out her page and everything that she did. And everything that I saw on her Facebook page was so full of adventure and life. And I thought, oh, my God, this woman is really somebody who's like my opposite. You know, like she'll do all the stuff I'm too scared to do. And I thought, yep, totes. She's going to be my bestie for sure. (laughs) And then we've really connected well on Facey. And a couple of weeks ago, I ran Speakers Fast Track. It's the last live Speakers Fast Track that I was running. And Kristen decided to come along. So the person I'm talking about, lovely people, is the beautiful Kristen Plint. And she decided to come along and join me at Speakers Fast Track because she's very involved with all three of us girls. And we were talking about the things that we're not doing, you know, the stuff that we're kind of holding ourselves back on. And Kristen stood up with all that she has and she said, oh, I'm doing a trans-Borneo challenge where I'm trying to collect money and raise awareness for the orangutans in Borneo and I haven't put my Facebook page up yet and I haven't started raising awareness for it and I'm holding myself back on that. Well, let me just put it this way. She could not have been in a more perfect room amongst more perfect people and within a day, Kristen had won the hearts of absolutely everybody in that room All of us fell in love with her mission. All of us fell in love with her. So much so now that I think there are so many people who have so much more awareness of the plight of our, the 
inharmonious balance between human and animal um, globally. But the upside about Kristen is that she has now given us a way to be able to help. She's going to go out and do all the adventure stuff, but she's given all the rest of us princesses a way to be able to help. So for me, I think having Kristen on up for a chat, and I'm also going to have her on Karen's couch, is the most logical thing I could possibly do. Kimmy, take it away, girlfriend. (laughs) Well, actually, Kristen, I can't remember. When did we meet, sweetheart? At the breakthrough. At the breakthrough, the wellness breakthroughs. Yeah, we met there too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think think what was exciting about Kristen, and I shared it last week on the podcast, was, you know, she's in a mining world and, and she'll tell us a little bit about it. But I think... Just seeing her approach to life, she is a typical up for a chatter who wants it all, who wants to give her all and also wants to see it all. And I think really she also admits she's a work in progress like all of us. She um, is probably a little bit uh, unaware of just how much of a difference she's making in the world already and that was the, the message that I gave last week. If you didn't listen to up last week's Up For A Chat podcast where we mentioned about a friend of hers that works in the mining company and how he is now turned because of her advice to listen to a podcast has now turned it from being a sugarcane farm and wants it to become a nature reserve and you know that's really the epitome of what um, I believe is is the ripple effect and so you know she's gone through my program the health and lifestyle educator program she is just a force to be reckoned with she's beautiful and I think it's amazing that we have her here and and I hope Cindy gets to hear some of you as well beautiful so welcome oh my goodness thank you so much it's such an honor I've got I've got goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) well I think that this is just going to be one of the most fabulous conversations that we've probably had this year I think well for me because I think it's so oriented towards making this world a better place so Kristen tell us a little bit about Tell us a little bit about you. Like, what, what made, what's made you you? When did you discover that you were this great adventurous traveler, an explorer of of the world? When did you discover that that's who you were? Um, well, I kind of grew up with it a little bit. My dad raised us four kids. We grew up out in the bush northwest of Townsville. And uh, we grew up in a property out there. We had no electricity and no TV, thank goodness. So we had to create our own fun a fair bit. Uh, and um, Dad actually built, when, when we were kids, a mud brick house. So we oh were God. very hands-on and we had horses and our own animals. And all of our, most of what we lived on, we grew ourselves. So I was very self-sufficient. Dad was very ahead of his time. So the good thing is like living like that, always being surrounded by every, well, Kim would call it Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Every critter you can imagine, like snakes all the time and bats and and bugs. So I'm well well prepared for this trip across Borneo. (laughs) And, And I'm just always, I guess growing up in amongst nature, I've always loved it, always loved animals as well. And... I've done quite a lot of travel. I've been really privileged to see quite a lot of the world. I spent a good, almost over the course of about five years, every chance I had, I would work for a few months and then take off traveling until the money ran out and 
come back and beg for my job back again and, and then take off again. I don't know why they kept hiring me. Oh. Um, and, yeah, so I've been really lucky. I've One of the first real um, times I noticed that you can make a change is I volunteered in Peru. I lived just outside of Cusco for a couple of months, so know the area you girls will be visiting next year very well. It's You're going to love it. So while we were there, we built, helped build a women's weaving centre. And then um, after that, we went down on the coast of Peru where we were helping. that um, It had been hit by an earthquake in 2007 and, and over 80% of the town had been completely destroyed. And just to see how absolutely heartbreaking it is and these people pulling themselves out of the rubble and trying to make do with, with nothing, they... They were building, they were given 13 by 15 metre square blocks of land to live on. There'll be a family of six in there and the toilet was a bucket in the corner and they'd be they'd rebuilt out of scrap pieces of plastic and bamboo and that nearly, oh gosh, that nearly destroyed me when I first saw that. Mm. Uh, and so I spent, spent a bit of time there as well. I actually um, travelled through South America and I love Patagonia, the beauty down there to to walk on on glaciers and to see see these mountain peaks that are just as they have been the glaciers pushing through the rocks as they have been for the last fifty million years. So you really know just how small an amount of time we are here, and we're doing so much damage to this world. And um, as for so, usually my travel sort of bases on the same sort of principles. I'll either I really, um, I'm passionate about human rights and especially women's rights. I love animals and I love nature and I'm a bit of a snowboarder, so I'm a bit jealous of Cindy at the moment. Um, So I base each trip trip on that, but I've sort of noticed the same sort of theme that quite often I go to these amazing places and one of the main drives for me to get there is to try and see it while it's still there. Like I... And it shouldn't be that way. When I went to Antarctica, it was um, that was one of the main reasons. I'm like, it's it's under so much threat, and and Borneo is going to be the same thing. And one of the other driving forces is just uh, I I see these beautiful animals. Say Thailand, for example. I've been there a few times, and I have a really hard time sort of relating to it because I'll see tourists that just don't know the impact of what they're doing they'll be posing with those beautiful little slow lorises and um you know the the people in the street will approach them and say uh just um you know photo for facebook photo for facebook and they don't realize that these they get taken away from their mothers when they're babies they rip their teeth out so they can't bite the tourists and when they're not cute anymore, they're usually abandoned. They don't know how to live in the wild and, and they'll usually starve to death and die. And sorry, it's a bit, oh bit depressing. And love, but you know, I, my love, this stuff needs to be known. Mm. People don't know what they don't know. And if there's not somebody like you bringing awareness to it, then people just go around ignorant to the way that we're contributing to the disharmony. And like you say, tourists don't realise and they, they don't. No, like uh, you see, I cringe every time I see someone who's just been to um, 
Thailand or one of the one a country like that, and they pose with the tigers. And you just you don't need to stop and think about it too much to know a, a tiger living on a meter of chain isn't right. And they feed them morphine, so they you know don't don't bite the tourists' heads off while they're posing with them. And so after a little while, um, I've always wanted to do Borneo, but I wanted to do it in a way that uh, was gonna gonna have a bit of impact and make a make a difference. Can I ask you, uh, when you're exposed to to horrificness, like for many of us, we'll do the white noise, oh, if I don't look, um, it, it's not happening. And, and I myself am guilty of that sometimes where I just hope that if I look away, it, it, it will stop. Um, when you're confronted with that on a daily basis and you are looking at it right in the eye, what are your immediate thoughts and then where do you go with those thoughts? Oh, well, it's, it depends on which, which, what I'm faced with because I have seen some pretty heartbreaking things across the board in my, in my travels. And, and I think India really, really challenged me because I just, every day you see something that nearly, I spent four months there and just, yeah, so much heartbreak in, in that country across the board. But the thing is, if, I just know that if you don't, if you just look the other way, then it's almost like you're condoning it, you're accepting it. So, um, yeah, for me to try and to do nothing's worse than to do something and fail. At least you tried. Kristen, you know, Kimmy, that's a beautiful question that you asked there because it's something that plagues me all the time. And I see all this stuff, and particularly now because we've got social media that you know, it's very, there, there, there's a lot of people who will share, um, you know, the, the, the great tragedies that are inflicted upon our farm animals and, you know, all of that sort of thing. And, and obviously the, the orangutans in Borneo and, you know, it's not, it's never just in one place, it's everywhere. So anywhere humankind are, they are just, you know, there's death and destruction around. My, the challenge that I've felt is, I feel this. It, 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 I feel that it's soul destroying, like it literally tears my heart out, and it takes me a day to recover from seeing the tragic mm. treatment of the animals. And for me, I know that going and actually doing the work that you're doing, like actually going out to those places, it would literally destroy me. And I, I, I'm, I'm interested to, to understand your makeup and your 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 way of being because I look at that and it, it's soul destructive and I think to myself ever since I was a kid and I posted this on Facebook the other day ever since I was a kid I always knew that I was too soft to be able to go and do the rescue work and to see the animals hurt or to see anybody suffering I was too soft to do that but I always knew that I could make money even if I was stacking shelves at Woolworths I always knew that I could make money to pay people like you and other people who were out there doing the rescuing, I always knew I could support those people who could do that work. I'm so interested to hear how, as Kim said, how you, how you process that so that it isn't soul-destroying. In fact, it lights your fire to do more. Uh, well, um, I, uh, Kim will appreciate this. I think 
probably I'm, I'm a bit of a um we did and during Kim's course the personality types and I came up as almost probably full top left hand corner powerful and my first response is just the you have to have to take action and I know it's heartbreaking and honestly there are going to be moments that are, are really going to going to destroy me and I and quite often I feel like I'm not doing enough I have so many causes and um, so much I care about and so much I see that's wrong with the world but education is key like people can make a difference now um, but you can be an armchair activist you don't have to leave leave your lounge room to make a difference you can um, educate yourself as much as possible there's so many fantastic resources and share what you find because a lot of people just just don't even don't even realize and they would they would stand up and say this isn't right if only they knew so I, I think that we've never had more power than what we have now so that's that's what sort of drives me is um, just seeing an opportunity and wanting to get in there and make a difference even if, like I said even if it's only um, changes things for one person or one creature then it's a bit like that old that old starfish story where the, the man throwing the starfish into the water off the beach and his friend's saying, well, you can't, how can you possibly think you're going to make a difference? You can't save them all. And he said, well, I made a difference to that one. Yeah. And I think you hit a, a, a poignant point there, which is what makes us all so unique and different is some of us are better at doing the detail and, and organising the finances and how to raise the money. Some of us are better planners. Some of us are better speakers. And some of us are the better doers. And some of us are the better heart angels. So I really hear you. And I think from Karen and my point of view, um, in particular, you know, there's people like you guys that doesn't matter what at all costs, um, the, the choleric powerful type or the, the mm. real dominant type will get in their boots and all and fight for justice no matter what. And you'll have the rest of us in behind you going, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, so you're right. It does come down to personality. And, and even though, Karen, you feel like you can't do it, the voice that you have and the, the way you portray those messages, I think everybody that's listening to this would also agree, whilst it's different, it's just as powerful. Mm, I, oh. think, I, th I think for me I always wanted to, you know, I think the whole reason why I started my business in the first place as my why was always to be able to make a difference to the animals. Um, so I always contribute, you know, part of my profits to, to, to animals, you know, societies and protection societies and so on. But I think that it's always, for me, it's always been like that. I just, I just wish I had that same strength to be amongst the front line. You know, I, I, I really, I find it so inspiring. Oh, but Karen, I said to you the other day on Facebook that what you're providing is amazing because you're actually providing a voice for these animals and that's something they haven't really had before and I think that's kind of what they, they need the most. Mm. So, yeah. so, so moving away from the actual, yeah. uh, you know, that's part of, of your makeup but it's not your whole drive. Give us a little bit of a background as to what you do for a job and then I, I guess is what my question is, is that financing you to do these trips or how? what's your big picture version of what this all looks like? So tell us your background as far as work, if that's financing what you're doing and then in turn what's your big vision for this?
it looks like we've lost Kristen. She's just put a message through saying that she's lost us. And that was such a good question, Kimmy. Oh. <laughs> I just came back, Kim. Oh, yay, oh. we got you. Oh, did you hear the question, my love? I didn't. Okay, so give us a little bit of a background as to what you do in, a, in your work. Um, is this what's financing you to do these trips and this awareness and, 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 re- and rescuing of animals as such? And then the big picture, is this what you want to be doing full time or what do you see the future for you? Yeah, um, no, well, my work's probably not too long-term a future because it does cause a bit of conflict with me. Uh, I work I work in mining and it has been an amazing opportunity and, and platform for me to go off and, and do these trips overseas and, and it's definitely helping fund this trip now. Uh, but I'm also very, I, I care a lot about the environment too, so I do feel a little bit conflicted. Um, but I, I think it's possible to sort of to, to make a difference and make the best of, of any situation you're in. I've got um, work can be pretty fun. I, I am the only girl on my shift, so that, that can be a little bit challenging at times. But the, the boys, they take fairly good care of me, me usually. So I actually I load the ships out of Mackay. So big giant 300-meter ships and the, probably the blokiest job you can, could find at times and um yeah uh I would really love I've always had the drive to to work with um probably human rights and animals and stuff so I know that I've got a future in that just got to find a way to make that happen what drives you oh I I have an intense interest in so so many things I I'm very I can be quite unproductive in other other areas which would probably explain why I'm a little bit behind in Cindy's course at the moment (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) sorry but yeah I just I've just got a thirst for knowledge I want to know how the world works I kind of have a, a slight distrust in in organisations, I think that we could all be be doing better, and we've all we're all being duped a little bit in so many different areas. So for me, if I can just keep keep learning and and and, and educating myself, and and li- like from my world has changed since I first discovered you guys a year ago, and Kim, I'm, I do keep you in contact with how the ripple effect is going in my work. So I've got a few guys that are using essential oils now and. <laughs> To help them sleep for night shifts. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's really quite cute. And they all, they all don't know which one the other one is that uses them. <laughs> oh, so nobody's talking about it, Secret Squirrel? No, no. And, 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 the, and my friend that um, is setting up the like, wildlife, well, nature reserve, he's, he would be mortified if I mentioned his name. But he's doing amazing things and... And it's really quite good. He, I know he listens to both um, Up for a Chat and Karen's Couch. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He actually came in one day. He goes, I bought a book off one of those shows the other day. And oh. I was like, really? So, you know, it's having that effect. And hey, Kristen, just before you go on, there'll be, there's a lot of our listeners who would love nothing more than to convert their partners, their fathers, their friends, their wives. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that wish like anything that the people they love the most could actually understand the language and the, and the intention and all the information that we have. 
but we all know sometimes the hardest ones to convert are loved ones, friends, or particularly those that are knocking us. Can you just give us a little um, how you, like, tell us the story around this gentleman. I'm sure if we don't mention his name, he won't mind. But um, (laughs) just give us a rundown. It could inspire someone else listening to this as to how you worked him, let's just say. (laughs) You'll think I'm so manipulative. Um, Well, you were. The first thing I did, though, was work on myself. Like I have, I still have a lot of work to do, but I started started there first, and and people have sort of sat up and taken notice. Like at first, um, you know, you come in with something that looks totally weird for lunch, and they almost every day they go, "What the hell is that?" at the lunch table. Um, but. And then, you know, after a little while, they'll start saying, oh, well, what do you, what do you think of this? Um, and is this all right? And they'll ask questions. So I've had a, I've had a few of them now read um, Dr. William Davis's Wheat Belly book, which is pretty amazing. So a couple of them actually give, uh, giving up gluten and wheat. That's and awesome. Yeah. And the other thing is I have this opportunity when I'm at work, I... I'll unload the trains and it's it's so good. Like I was able to do all like Kim's course, like I did a lot of study while I was there and listen to it. That's where I listen to most of my podcasts because I just I can have something on in the background. And so normally um, my workmate, he comes in and he'll usually catch what some of what I'm listening to and he'll sort of say, oh, all right, so what are we being brainwashed with today? And he didn't really have a lot of faith in what I was listening to and I'd try and throw whatever topic at him and he was just like, all oh, right, that's very, that's a bit bit out there. Um, but I got him to listen to your podcast uh, with the Wellness Guys from a couple of years ago, Kim, and that one, that was the first I ever heard of any of you ladies and it was like that, that very podcast and it really, that was the first thing that ever really got through to me and I just find so much power in that particular episode so I had him listen to that and then yeah came back and he he went home and and he was like yep that's you know it stunned him a little bit and so we just sort of continued on like that and it was really quite lovely he said he went home for his wife and didn't want to rub the he puts lotion on her feet every night which is really quite quite lovely and he said he didn't want to put the lotion on her feet anymore because it thought it was full of toxins and um, made up his own little version with lavender and was starting to think about the chemicals around his house. And it all just sort of progressed from there. It was really quite natural. And it's sort of been that way here at home too with my own boyfriend. He's, he's, he's changed so much in the past year since I've been listening to you ladies and I don't think he even realises it yet. <laughs> so what do you do when they're going, oh, you're being brainwashed? Like, give it to me in that tone. Oh, you're being brainwashed. Gosh, what, what's your, do you get your heckles up? Does your heart rate start building? Do you want to sock it to them? Like, how do you react and then how do you get over that? Oh, I go into work every day ready for battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the only girl with a big crew of guys, so there's something that I have to stand, I have to stand up for myself most days. But it's up to them. They can take it or leave it. If, um, like I said, just from doing, doing my own thing and they've, they've seen the change in myself and in, in all areas that I think they haven't had, to, to, couldn't, can't help but to stand up and take, 
take notice. They can see it's obviously working for me. And, yeah, they're slowly, they're slowly coming around. It's quite surprising the, the little conversations I can have with them when they're, when they're on their own. On a, in a group environment, it's usually very different. <laughs> Mm, that would be a real key, actually, and I've always found that too. When, even even as a parent, talking to your children, you know, embarrassing them in front of other people, or then having the banter between brothers and sisters or whatever. Sometimes wait for the emotions to to die down a little, and then actually go in there and have a, a conversation or a oh why do you why do you think it's brainwashing? And it's for me whenever I have people you know say oh, it's just a load of rubbish. I go, oh, wow, okay, I'm really keen to learn more here. Like, like seriously, if I am being brainwashed, what, what were your indicators to say it was rubbish? And I'm really genuinely interested on how they got to that place. Um, and often if you go in with that more like a, a softer approach or questioning them on why they think the way they think, often people want to be heard for what they believe in too. And I think that's something that you did very well in this situation and I've noticed you do very well, particularly in such a hard-nosed environment. And, you know, I think that's a really good point that you make. What, what do you feel though as far as, so, so let's say one of them listens and now they're all starting to, or a few of them are starting to think this way. What's your next job then with them? What do you feel like there's a role that you play in the next level or do they keep coming back to you? Um, ooh. Oh, I think they'll keep, if, if, if they decide to, they do want to make a little change, they'll probably, they'll probably come back again and, and I like, they'll usually ask a few questions and, I think sometimes the progress can be be on, on small bite-sized chunks. You know, Brett Hill had eaten elephant bite at a time, and um, yeah, I'd love to see some some of the things change in in that area because there's it's it's a pretty working shift works pretty tough, and there's a lot of confusion with with health. Um, but you've definitely your your messages listening to your podcasts they're so they're logical and and they they make sense if you sit down and listen to them so i just i just say try reading this book or have a listen to that and i'm always putting podcasts on their phones <laughs> they don't always listen to them what when they're but not they're, looking they're there if they ever want to oh that's funny <laughs> but I think that what you're what you're saying, Kristen, is that you've really been an example for them. Simply, and not because you're saying here do this or you're a peanut. You're basically just making the changes for yourself. They're seeing it and wondering how you got like that, or or how you eat that way, and seeing you, I guess, as a bit of a go-to person because you are the sponge for knowledge. And most people are so unsure or so unclear or don't even think about potentially even just the food on their plate or you know the environment that they're breathing in or you know the things that they're thinking they're completely oblivious to it it's also unconscious and random and to see somebody who is conscious and not so random and very mm. driven and very focused and very clear about her role on this planet I think that's very encouraging for other people to be inspired by that and then as you know as we say make you a go-to person yeah, well, I've had some pretty good. I've had three very good mentors. It's definitely changed. Everything's changed a lot since I first started listening to well, you ladies and the the entire wellness couch. So, I think for myself, having this constant um, access to to knowledge 
what what you what the entire wellness couch what you all offer each week and and are sharing it's really helping me keep the finger on the pulse that I can't help but just go out and if, if I find an opening to talk to any of these guys like if I find the smallest chink in their armor I just squeeze in there and just oh you're funny <laughs> work away at them and if I, it's just if the opportunity comes up I sort of jump at it but I'm not trying to I'm not um Pushing through, yeah, well, I'm a little, I can be pushy, but <laughs> <laughs> evangelical babies, not too, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to just do my own thing and if people, people are interested, they're interested. And so what does your boyfriend think about your travelling and your, your um, focus on human rights and animal welfare and all of that? Is he cut from the same cloth or is he different to you? So he's so different. Is he? I, I came home. I found about about this, the Trans Borneo Challenge when I was on night shift, and it's a twenty three day trek. And I I applied and signed up on the spot, even though they actually I found a I don't know I must have found a little wormhole in the system and got myself in there before they'd officially opened it. I was that keen, and at about three o'clock in the morning, mind you, on a night night shift. <laughs> and then I came home and I was like, so. Uh, I'm doing this trip and it's going to go for 23 days through Borneo and did you want to come? He's like, oh, what? Where has all this come from? And he's like, I'll just stay home and take care of the veggie patch and the bird. And oh. he's happy with that. And he, but he supports me to go on my little my little adventure too, which is, which is good. He doesn't always have to. I, I think I, I meet a lot of people that, um, couples that, really want to go see the world and do stuff but the other partner doesn't want to so they they don't end up going and doing seeing what they want to see and I feel like that could only really after a while lead to resentment if you're not not doing the things you really want to do I don't don't think you necessarily always have to do that together and opposites do attract too and I think it's you know while one's off doing stuff another one's likely to be a bit more stable oh he's a lot more stable than me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's the responsible one he's the responsible it sounds like me and Matt he's perfect. Just perfect oh yeah well he stocked up on his fridge uh, he, on, stocked up the fridge before I went away last week as well with tomato sauce oh sausages yeah right nice, nice. Hey, Chris, Kristen we'll come back to the Borneo project because I'd love you to tell us um, a little bit more about the orangutan project and the Borneo uh, the trends um uh, um Borneo Borneo Challenge. Challenge. Um, What I'd love to know is, okay, so you've been an up for a chat, a wellness couch, a listener from a whole lot of shows. Tell us some of your big take-homes, some of the big things you've learned the most that have really been easily or maybe not even easily but you've applied to your life and you've seen a big difference. What are some of the things that have really floated your boat and made you go, OMG? Oh, wow. Um, The mind forum podcast you ladies did that just that I had made sure anyone that I could I, I tried to make everyone listen to that that was that really scared the bejesus out of me um just knowing what's what's really happening out there and um I'm trying to think of some of my real my real favorites I I went through um I, I've listened to everything so <laughs> I've had the most massive year of of, of education uh, like I said, the first time I heard you talk with the one on chemicals, that really resonated with me and started everything sort of fell into place. I was feeling feeling really lost and um, I 
just to have someone who can ex- explain it so well and so clearly and just to, um, yeah, it gave me a really big wake-up wake up call. Um, I loved hearing you talk with Jacqueline, interact with Jacqueline. That was a real oh, favourite, just... That was awesome, wasn't it? Oh, wow. What a beautiful, beautiful woman. Mm. So, I, I, but I think you, you'd be even be surprised. Sometimes it's, it's just a little hidden gem in, 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 in amongst a podcast where I think, oh, that topic doesn't really, isn't really relevant to me, but there's just a little, a little diamond in amongst it. And other times I'll listen to the podcast a couple of times just to make sure I've got it all. I loved um, the one with Jodie Nolan. I also... My actual, I actually bought her book when I was in your office last week, Kim, oh. and and I haven't even read it yet because my friend at work's reading it before I am because he really liked that episode as well. <laughs> ah, ah. So you, yeah, you, you've offered so much on 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 every on every basis. There's so much information there if you're willing to to take the time and listen to it. So most of the time, by the time I get up in the morning, I'll I might put something on on. Um, FM TV or something like that while I'm making my breakfast and watch a bit of that and then the 25 minutes while I'm driving to work I'll listen to the better part of a podcast and I've got nearly you know 50 minutes or an hour of learning under my belt before my day's even started. You make a really good point actually and it's we all have the same number of hours in a day we've said this on many podcasts but I think what it sounds to me like every moment okay you don't have children and and you're not having to um to get up at all hours for those for, for, for little people, but I think you're making use of your time and you know listening to shows, turning on FM TV. I mean, that's I am so excited to be a subscriber of that now. And when I listen to different shows and I'm watching that with no interruptions, no ads, and I'm getting you know what seems to be incredibly um, logical and very scientific on one level, and esoteric, and then beautiful and spiritual, and all the different realms that we want. I think what's important that I'm hearing from you is, and you've already said it, is around education. What other, I mean, what, what do you think is, is the way forward for someone who perhaps, what's your, first, what's your go-tos? I don't necessarily mean on our shows, but I mean, like, what are your go-tos? What does your day look like? What does your food look like? What does your oh. spiritual realm look like? What are your go-tos? Oh, my goodness. I, well, I'm a shift worker. There is very little consistency in my my days so um i i wish i could have i would love to have a routine but it's always all over the place um in that sense but my what i've definitely got from you kim is my oils and my everything i've just i've i've always got some some oil on me beside me in the diffuser in the car at work so i think that's my little way especially if i'm feeling run down i'm giving myself the boost and all of my family, I'm just hooked on the oils now as well. Uh, my food can be. I'm. I'm still. I'm still evolving. I'm still changing. I'm. I'm miles away from where I was last year. Um, but I know I've still got a long way. To, long way to go. But I think I've learnt so much from the three of you, and especially Cindy, just using um, whole single ingredients and whole foods and that's that comes into play with how we can really help your regular tangs as well um, because then you, you know what you're, you're cooking and you're eating with people would be horrified if they knew how much what palm oil was in so many of their their products but if you learn to cook from scratch you can avoid avoid all of that 
Um, I need to I need to work on my exercise, oh, especially to do this trek. That's <laughs> all of this learning hasn't really. I've, I still have a long way to go. That side of things has fallen behind. I've I overcommitted with the learning a little bit this year. I just I, I was like I had my brain in the clouds for a fair while, and then I just wanted to play catch up so fierce and intensely. And now I need to start really putting a lot more of that into action. Nice, nice. Mm, mm. And 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 food wise, are you paleo, vegan, vegetarian, breatharian? Like, what is your what's your <laughs> philosophy? Um, well, I I follow Cindy's qualitarian principles. So I'm yeah. I just I've I've got the best pantry since I started listening to you, ladies. I love sending pictures to my my sister because she's just like, oh my gosh, I. I don't hold back now when it comes to food choices. If I see something really amazing, then I don't care about the costs. If it's good quality, I'm going to stock up my, my fridge and my pantry. I'm starting to use a little bit of um, the cultured, cultured wellness, but I think I'm not quite ready to go full, full out that yet because each time I've had it, it's like I've started a bit of a, a war. <laughs> And I get very feel very ill after it. So I know I've got a lot of work to do, and I and fair chance I've probably um, uh, just through my travels. You know, who knows where my health? I've got a long way to to sort of go go with that. I've definitely loved listening to uh, Cindy's daughter's um, progress recently. I was imagining uh, that you would see a lot of yourself in that, given where you've been. Yeah, yes, definitely. So I was like, oh gosh, especially because I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, I, I just get in amongst it. So I've, I live, I've lived with host families. I, I've slept on the floors. Like I just, I've, I've an ability to find these locals and, and they'll just sometimes just take me in. So I, you know, sleep on their kitchen floor because that's the only place they got to put me up. And, and yeah, I probably shouldn't have been walking around India in thongs, but <laughs> I was comfortable like that. So who knows? And the food I've eaten, oh gosh. But oh. I did, I did watch um, Cowspiracy last night. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Have you ladies watched that? Yes. Oh gosh, and and I really, this has really hit hit home to me again. Just that so much of what we put in our plate has a global impact. And so now um, I, I really need to start reining in. I know my body thrives having, having meat, but I also know that I can make a lot better choices and probably reduce it down a lot and maybe even just try going completely without for a little while. My dad, um, my dad has fantastic. He's got ducks and, and um, chickens and stuff like that. He's building my sister a straw bale house down the Sunshine Coast at the moment. Oh, and it's really good when you can get access to animals that have been farmed um, in such a such a good way and in a natural environment. And that's I think I want to steer myself more towards that and more towards growing my own food as much as I can. If because that's what that's what's going to make the impact health wise and and environmental wise. And that's it's challenging with where you are and the work that you're doing. Isn't it? I mean, I'm actually just getting a, I'm just getting a full picture of all of this now for you, and it it would be very tough. Oh, I'm a little bit lucky. I've got um, I've got twenty mango trees out the back, just about to ripen up, and I'm oh, a little wow. bit of a hunter gatherer. 
So I, I no wanna, way. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I would have said mini tree. bear. I would have said mini bear grills myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know where every fruit tree is within like a ten k radius. So I'm like, I'll go for a walk and come back with like passion fruits in my pockets and a and a pawpaw that's off the tree and a couple of lemons and. And then we, you know, the, the, the fish I eat is the fish I've, I've usually caught myself, all my wonderful workmates, that um, one of them, he also keeps me well stocked up with fish as well. And, and I know that that's a wild caught. It's the most beautiful. It's caught. stunning. Yeah, I've had some. <laughs> so yeah. he, the last time he went fishing, he went 240 kilometres offshore and you're never going to get cleaner, healthier fish than that. And and so having that a little bit every now and then um, is pretty good. But, yeah, I still, I still feel very conflicted when I watch stuff um, like Cowspiracy. I know I need to – I know there's a lot of room for improvement. And I think that, as you said before um, at the very beginning of the call, is that education's everything. You know, when a person's educated, then they can make choice. But if a person doesn't have the education or the information or the awareness or even the desire for that, then all that they are is just caught in this zombified way of being where nobody's choosing anything, but they're choosing ignorance. Oh, out of ignorance, you know. And advertising's so powerful. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If you get you know, if you learn to it's so it's so liberating when you go to the supermarkets now and you don't have that magnetic pull to all of that junk and that fake food and and once you start eating better you don't have that that interest anymore and um yeah you get people people are just being duped and it, and it's just they say health food's expensive but you're buying i, I say buying <laughs> paying money for food like products is really expensive because what a jip but sickness is even more expensive right oh yeah even but like- also if we if we wanted to um, to to go into it, uh, they say that over fifty percent of what on the super, what's on the supermarket shelves has got got palm oil in it. Oh. So that's just if you so if you if you mindlessly filled your shopping trolley, then in my in my viewpoint, then you you you're helping drive this this deforestation and and this destruction and um, it, it it covers so many different bases so it's well let's talk about that let's talk about that let's talk about the the, the challenge and what it's actually for so who are you doing it through okay so i'm doing it through it's it's actually for for ecotourism an organization called orangutan odysseys Mm -hmm. and it's it's a pretty crazy little trek i sort of signed up for it first chance like i said when i had a chance and it's rated as um, extreme, challenging, just hardcore. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and I was like, "Sounds amazing." Um, yeah, hard, top hard adventure, extreme. So it's twenty three days trekking from. Well, it's not all trekking. So we're going by canoes and trucks and and lot walking and lots of tough trekking. So eight days of it is trekking through the jungle alone, and it's very thick jungle. So we sort of have to follow the river along, and I think. I was talking to the tour leader. He said we do a hundred river crossings and creek crossings, and it's just I've seen pictures of the girls who did it last year, and their feet were just so swollen. And it's going to be 
the, I, I don't even, I was just talking to my dad recently. I think hopefully there's no crocodiles up the way. That's the only thing oh I'm really. Oh my lord! I'm, I'm really thinking of leeches. Off. I'm just thinking leeches and slimy oh, things. No, gosh, they're okay. But oh. um. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding you say leeches are okay are you kidding oh my like god they, well they wouldn't eat as much as a crocodile would oh, true oh, true like, let's keep it in perspective here yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but i mean we don't even have a tent we're just sleeping under a tarp in the no, awesome. no. yeah you're gonna wake up with a snake in your bloody pants like <laughs> oh, thank you Thank you for sharing that. Look, I just uh, are I just there couldn't... any boys going on this no, trip? I wasn't meaning that, you tart. <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen. Yeah, it was bound to happen at some point. <laughs> um, yes, but we're actually raising for, um, it's called the Orangutan Project, and we're hoping to get through, the last over the last three years, this is the fourth year they've run it, but over the last three years, I've managed to raise $100,000 to go towards the Orangutan Project. But this year, we want to get $100,000 just by ourselves this year alone. So um, so tell us a bit about that. Like what, what do we know currently about um, the orangutans, the forests, how many are left, mm. the, you know, what, what their plight is? What do we know about that? Well, the Sumatran orangutans are the one there and there's about probably 5,000, 6,000 left in the wild. And the Indonesian government's fairly well signing their death sentence at the moment. It's not not good. There's a lot of clearing that's been approved to go on over there. For palm so oil? Um, yeah, and logging and um, just just a few different – and mining as well. So we're, we're being – the Indonesian government, it, it, it's – I yeah, I don't want to get – Political? No, I'm always killed. <laughs> I think I lose Facebook friends every day. <laughs> so what are they actually doing with the orangutans that, that are losing their homes? Are they relocating them? Well, I, I'll, the reason why they've sort of chosen the orangutans, and I think it's quite lovely, it's the orangutans I've used as sort of the face of the forest because uh, they live in the trees. They're the only apes that live fully, fully in the trees and they share 97% of our DNA. They are so close to being human, it's not funny. And the reason, um, if, you, if you look at it in that sense, that if you can save the orangutan, then they, they, they live um, in solitude usually, so um, that they need a, quite a lot of space on their own. Uh, they're very rare. They don't live in groups. There's like a lot of monkeys in that wood. And so if you can save an orangutan, then you're also, you're saving the trees and the other animals that live in and under the trees and the other plants and it, and it sort of carries on. So by, by, by focusing on this one species, you're actually, it's just become an umbrella species. It's, it's really quite beautiful to think that if you're saving the orangutans, you're saving the forest because... Yeah, yeah. And, and so with with the Indonesian government, as you say, that they've signed their death warrant Ooh. because of the logging Gosh, and for palm oil and for just about everything else that they're trying to extract from those forests, are they taking the orangutans and relocating them or do they just cut down the trees, oh. the orangutan falls to the ground and then they just let them? Well, a lot of it, like I said, it, it's a lot of this is coming back on, on our responsibility by buying these products we've, we've we're providing a market, but it's it's a bit of a these 
beautiful creatures are losing their homes, so they're being driven out of the forest, be it by fires or illegal logging or land clearing. And where do uh, they go? And then, and then sometimes they're going into plantations and then the, the locals either want to protect their farms and I just watched a video earlier of a beautiful elephant that had been killed and the locals said, oh, well, he was trampling our crops. And, oh. and so they, it, the locals, it's their livelihood. They're trying to support um, themselves and, and that, there's a lot of misunderstanding there, I think. So... Um, there needs to be a way that uh, my ultimate dream would be to be able to get enough money to to actually right now we're we're raising money to just help protect the land and put um, ranges in place that can patrol areas and protect what's already there. But it'd be great to help buy back land and and employ these same farmers to start replanting. That would be ideal because they still need an they need an industry. But when these big companies are going in and clearing uh, clearing land or using uncertified palm oil, then um, it's all so even the little the little uh, local tribal communities they're losing their homes and livelihoods as well. Can I ask a question? Palm oil, what is what is it used for? What's it about? Do you know much about palm oil? Yeah, well, it's. Um, it's one of those tricky ones. So, like I said before, they say about between 40 and 50% of everything you see on the supermarket shelves, palm oil in it. And it's it's a bit like, um, I know Cindy sort of mentioned MSG before, it's got a lot of different names and palm oil is the same. I think it's about 170 different names up to 200. So, they, they're just labelling it with, with all of these different names to to hide it sort of thing. So I can. am I allowed to say what sort of companies use this palm oil? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> All right. So I'll give you a little list of what you would sort of find find it in and it might surprise you a little bit because it's even surprised me and given me a bit of a, um, like recently I realised that the razor I have has a little moisturising strip, the Gillette razor, and it's got palm oil in it. God. So if you're looking at, Nivea, Dove, Garnier, uh, deodorants and stuff like that, anything that's got that moisturising lotion in it, it's in there. It's in Sultana brand and Just Bright, Doritos, peanut butter, Cadbury uses it and I'm a little bit dirty with that because they say that they'll aim to end the like, forest loss by 2030. So the orangutans won't be left by then. It's in noodles and uh, Karen. <laughs> Well, look out, Matt, it's in Ice Magic. Oh, no. <laughs> Catastrophe. <laughs> you mentioned, when you told me that it was in Cadbury's, I was like, you've got to be joking. Yeah. He's going to have a fit. But interestingly enough, no Cadbury's in the house. Oh, how good's that? Never will so, be again. But, you know, it's in hand wash and laundry liquid and shampoos, conditioners. Like, it's, like sometimes it's um, what they use for sodium lauryl sulfate. So it's so most really? of the shampoos. Yeah, most of the shampoos and conditions you see on the shelves have got palm oil in it. So the best way, people really want to start to stop buying it. There's a fantastic um, app out there. It's called, it's by a group called Palm Oil Investigations. I'm onto it right now. They've got a really good Facebook page and they're always, they'll show you, tell you what product has uncertified or if they, um, and, or if they have a, you know, the other What's products that the comparative product that it, that have got an active no deforestation policy and 
And then so you can really make a choice. But they have a free app. You can just download it for both iPhones and Android. It's called Palm Oil Investigations. And you scan um, the barcode and it will tell you uh, whether it's certified. And so you can make the decision as you're putting in the trolley. If you, and it's good just, just to know the good guys and who's worth supporting because shopping with your, voting with your dollar, that's where you can, you can make a difference. That's, that's what gets these big companies sitting up and listening. Totally. I've, just, I've got it up now. It's called Palm Oil Barcode Scanner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, is there such a thing, good thing as good palm oil? And you know is, that, that, yeah? Can you tell yeah. us what that's about? There is some um, sustainable palm oil. It's, it, it's one of those little bit of a tricky subjects. I, I know that, you know, it exists and, and, and that's the good thing when you lose, use an app like that. They've done, they've done the homework and they'll sort of say, yeah, this, guy, this company is working towards um, certified, no deforestation policy palm oil and or this one is like, no, nah, they, they don't have any, any interest at all because they also say like their little um, greenwashed lingo like palm oil derivatives and that's still using using the products mm. and and it's really hard to cut through all of the um, jargon and 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 get to the get to the truth and these these groups that are like I said you can be really clever and and with armchair activism you can learn so much and like the most important thing as I can say is that I'm not I'm not an expert on this I'm just really passionate about it and I've seen an opportunity for me to jump on board something great and to try and make a difference and um that's what that's why I went for it and every day I'm, I'm learning and trying not to get it let it get me down it definitely when I see well, stuff where I think I'm educated and I'm like oh god I had no idea <laughs> You know, you know I think sorry. I think you. Oh, sorry, Karen. No, you're right, love. Oh, I was just going to say. I think it's really important that we don't get down. I mean, you yeah. can get down. You can be in the moment. You can be emotional. We can be upset. All of those things. But then the most important thing is to take action, or, or you have a choice to do something about that. And mm. and I've heard Karen say it many times, and I love it. You know, sometimes it takes us to be really angry as much as it as to be really excited to actually make a change. Would you agree, Karen? Yeah, you know, it's, it's that contrasting feeling. You know, you, you bounce off it mm. to, um, to get your spark. I'm just, I've just pulled up a website here, a to Z animalscom mm -hmm. and it's listed Aero, Ben & Jerry's, The Body Shop, oh. um, The Body Shop, Cadbury's, Clinique, Colgate, Palmolive, Crunchy Nut Clusters, Elizabeth Arden, Dove, Gillette oh, Shaving yeah. Cream, Herbal Essences, Johnson & Johnson's Baby Shampoos, Kit Kat, Maltesers, Mars Bars, Max Factor, um, Palmolive, uh, Mrs. Palmer's uh, Cocoa Butter, Oil of Olay, Pears, Ritz, Pringles, Roses Chocolates and Quality Street, just as some of them. But what it actually says here is it says that under the current European legislation, companies are under no obligation to state whether or not their products contain palm oil specifically, as it currently permits palm oil to be stated in the ingredients as vegetable oil. Mm. Mm. So 70% of the time if it says vegetable oil, it's actually palm oil. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, it, it's, it's hiding in a lot of things. And, and so those beautiful... Uh, gooey chocolate centers the Cadbury roses and the favorites and stuff like that's it's actually the palm oil that gives it that that flow so it doesn't you know 
set. So um, I think I think actually Mars might have turned turned the page, and they're improving from what I, I read recently. So that's one of that list that I think some of them are they're buckling down to pressure. I really quite admire. Um, do you, do you follow Food Babe at all? No. Well, she's got she she's always sort of takes on these big corporations, and she has her Food Babe army, and she'll get get people together to petition hard to say uh, her thing is just having ingredients that are quite toxic and, and bad for you and she petitions them to to say you've got to remove this and especially um, well, a lot of the large, in the States a lot of the larger companies like she's taken on Subway and stuff like that to change their ingredients and, and she'll get you know her army of she'll get 400,000 people to email them overnight and they just they give in so it would be amazing maybe we need to get a Karen Smith army <laughs> Yeah. I'm on. Yeah, I'm on. Babies. I'm on. <laughs> is, is palm oil bad for you if you eat it? Do you know? I'm just looking at it here, Kimmy. I've just brought it up on Wikipedia as well. Oh, is okay. It, is it an oil that we should be avoiding? Or is it a man-made oil like canola oil? Uh, obviously, it's not man-made, but is there a process that goes through that creates more synthetic compounds or things around it? Like what do you know about it? It's especially Gosh. high concentration of saturated fats. Mm -hmm. um, if I was a better Sydney O'Meara student, I would have the best answer for that. Oh, I was hoping you'd have that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just, you know, I, I need to need to do some more research on that because I just went, yep, no, not interested in, in in sort of knowing about it. And it, it doesn't fit with my food eating philosophy these days anyway because most of the food types that have got the palm oil in it uh, are overly processed, pa packaged uh, junk and, and I've, um, I'm trying as much as I can to cook cook from scratch with um, single food ingredients and using the best quality I could find. So. I've, I've got something here. I've got something here. Here we go. <laughs> um, the oil is filtered and bleached to remove, to refine it and to remove the smell because apparently the smell Ooh. is not appealing. Um, and they also need to uh, recolor it. Um, so it's, it produces what's called a refined, bleached, and deodorized palm oil. Oh, so be, and if Cindy was on the call, she'd be saying, "Just we, just we don't go there. Mm. Just stay no, away from it." I remember when we, we did the podcast on vegetable oils. Mm. Back then, we were all horrified that vegetable oils was another name for bloody candle wax. Mm. <laughs> now you know it's now it's used for cooking and 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 in so many products and. Every website that I've pulled up just in the last couple of minutes while you guys have been talking says that palm oil is in practically every product that we see on the shelves in our in our shopping centres. It's it's insane here, and it's Which, been farmed in Indonesia, Malaysia, Nigeria, Thailand, mm. Colombia, and that's just a start. Kenya, Cameroon, Ghana, like that's just a start. I, I really think so much of what we're putting on our plates, if we just knew the, the full extent that it had through deforest, whether it be deforestation for palm oils or clearing land to grow soybeans, soy to feed cattle, and if we really knew what the true cost of what we're putting on our plate was, then we'd make such a big difference. I mean, I think, I think we need to have way more vegetable patches and a lot less lawn in Australia. It's mad that we're not growing more food. So if we shopped at farms markets. Yeah, well, when we put it into perspective, though, and I, I don't know, I, I just try to look this up again, but I, I, if I recall, 
um, and it's saying on one of these things here, between 1990 and 2010, an area of forest the size of 2 million football fields oh, was cleared to make way for for the to get the oil so if you i mean i don't even know if we could picture that that's a lot of land it's actually 300 football fields every hour being cleared in south east asia every hour of every day 300 football fields so it's just it's it's not sustainable it can't we can't go on the way we are and it's it's got a it's got to be a change driven on a global scale like the consumers need to make make the push because Obviously, I don't know if it's too big a problem for the government or the government's too, too you know, corrupt or short-sighted or what's really happening. But oh. I want to know is why Indonesia's been burning for four months and it's nothing's being said on the news. Like, it took two months of Indonesia being on fire before it actually made the mainstream media. So that's sort of, that's, this is where I do get a little bit uh, angry. Yeah, where's our attention uh, going? Yeah, exactly. But but Kim Kardashian can, you know, break the internet with a, you know, picture of an, in, a, in some dress or a picture of a bum. Uh, I'm also just looking. <laughs> How is it right? I'm also just looking here now. It says several studies have linked palm oil to higher risks of cardiovascular disease since the 2005 study. Um, they mm. say that it increased deaths by 68 percent. So there's enough evidence to say stay the hell away from it. Yeah. Um, nothing good can come from it. No, there's nothing good can come from it, no, not in any way, shape or form. And I love what you said earlier in that the only way these companies get the message is when we pay with our, when we pay with our, po our pockets. Yeah. We hit and them at the cash register because other than that, they're not listening and everything is about profits. They could not give a damn about the animal, they could not give a damn about the the forests. They could not give a damn about the extinction of the animals. They couldn't give a they couldn't give a, a, a rat's patootie about any of that. All they're caring about is is last year's profit less than this year's profit, and what have we got to do to increase it? Well, and I think the other thing, if it's such a big commodity, like anything in the world, if we can make it a sustainable entity, then maybe there wouldn't be such a, an outcry with the palm oil. I, I mean, I do know that it is a very high-yielding plant, which is why it's so popular in so many things. But according to the, the um, WWF, they actually are doing things like apparently – here I've just looked up with the, the um, WWFs, around 18% of the world's palm oil production was certified sustainable in 2014, which is up 10% from 2011. So maybe if it is such an, an incredible product or it is such a, a great thing to be used and it is a, an alternative to, to other things, then surely we could be finding a way to, to move into a more sustainable approach to it. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, definitely. And that's where we need to know... Um, well, who the good guys are, who are the ones that are, are, are trying to do the right thing. And like, like we said, we've established it may not, it's probably still best to be avoided. But if you want to go down that path, then, then find the companies that are, that do have an active no deforestation policy, that want to do the right thing. Um, and, and, and like I said, if, if, if people start buying from them, the others won't be able to help but sit up and take notice. Mm. Well, the, I mean, the word wildlife 
funding corporation is all about creating that and I think like you said at the very beginning if we actually get in behind the corporations that are trying to do the work and let's find an answer for both sides and I think what so what's your goal with how much you're saving or sorry raising for your Trans Borneo challenge what are you aiming for oh well the, the actual um the actual challenge that they've set for me is well for the whole group there's the, there'll be 10 of us all up there's actually a few spots still available um, and we want to raise up to a hundred thousand dollars, but every every dollar we can can raise makes a, a huge difference because I think sixty five dollars can adopt can can go towards adopting an orphan orangutan for a year, and the reason why um, you'll see some of the if you go on a lot of the sites the orphan orangutans they have to they they're one of the animals that live the longest with their mothers. So they'll um, they'll live up with their mothers for up to seven or eight years, and the, when they've been when the parents have been killed, the mother's been killed. These little ones, it's, it's a really slow rehabilitation process to give oh. them the skills that they need to rehabilitate them. So sixty five dollars a year can help provide the training and the food and and can make can make a really big big difference. So I'm I'm just happy I'm I'm just happy and grateful for anything I can get that makes a difference. And I just want to be across there and and really see what's happening and um, document as much as I can while I'm over there and just put my little angry rants out there and and call <laughs> call, some, call some of these big corporations out a little bit. So, my love, we are at the end of our time and um, I think this is, you know, it would be criminal for us to not give people a way to be able to support if they want to. So what should people do if they want to support? Because you actually said to me that $10 also saves, helps them protect one hectare of land. Is that right? Yeah, so that, that goes towards getting the rangers that to, to do the monitoring and patrolling and, and keeping an eye on the orangutans. So I think they say between there's about one and a half to two orangutans can live in a kilometre squared. So when they've re-released them into the wild, a ranger usually will have... Um, a 10-kilometre square monitoring patrol area. So they'll usually be able to keep track of about 20 a year. So the more we can raise, the more... I think the $10 can, can go for up to a month sort of thing of protecting each hectare and, and the more you can raise, I think if you can protect their environment, then you're not only protecting the orangutans, you're, there's a lot of other creatures in amongst it so well um, the tigers aren't they the Sumatran yeah, and, and, yeah and the elephants there's some and even like I just think every creature is important be it be it the you know frogs and the bugs and, and whatever it's all part of the ecosystem they're all we're all they're all there for a reason we're the only species that doesn't give back <laughs> Okay, so if people want oh, to, yeah. <laughs> if people want to contribute ten dollars or, you know, a thousand dollars, maybe ten thousand dollars, <laughs> just putting it out there. If anybody wants to contribute, how do they do that, and what's the best way for them to do that so that it's all tracked and it's all above board? Okay, so it's all through. Um, I've got a fundraising page set up through Just Giving. And this this goes towards our Trans Borneo Challenge page. So it's really good because I actually quite like that it gets sent straight to the orangutan project. It's not waiting until we finally leave before it starts taking action because it should start helping these little orangutans right away. So it's on justgiving.org. 
com forward slash Kristen, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N, dash TBC. And so that's my fundraising page. So uh, once you've donated, all of your, your receipts will get emailed straight out to you, so it's tax deductible as well. And also I'll be able to keep, you'll be able to follow my progress along the way because I really want it, the main thing is I want people to, to see what I'm doing over there and to, to see where the money is going because I know it takes a lot to put faith in someone and your money and, and every dollar does count. And also um, uh, you can, like I said before, be an armchair activist. <laughs> start reading, start researching, start sharing, get the Palm Oil Investigations app, uh, just try and raise awareness as much as you can because I think every little bit's going to count in all, across the board in all areas. Oh, it's so exciting. Thank you so much on behalf of us princesses that may not cope with the leeches and crocodiles. <laughs> Thank <right>. you. <laughs> it's, it's a shame you haven't got Cindy on the phone because she'd be in there going, I might end up doing it with you. <laughs> I reckon she would. Be, hey, I reckon Cindy would totally be in for that. <laughs> yeah, it would be up her alley. Well, she's already been to Borneo, she said. So, yeah, she uh, yeah so but she, has she has she trekked through shoulder height water? Oh well, let's see you what I've Last year's one that the whole it all they had a flash flood and they were trying to cross the scary river and I was like, oh, it's almost borderline scary for me. <laughs> oh, see, now the person can say that that's almost borderline scary. I mean, honestly, Kimmy, that's just like <laughs> automatically rules it out. but we can help this way and we'll get it out there and and i think i just want to say you know it's good on you good on you for 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 standing up for believing in something and then taking action on doing it and i think that's the thing that we all love about you the most Kristen. and you really do put your money where your mouth is and for that i just want to say to you that that we are very proud and very excited so thank you darling Oh, no, thank you. I'm so grateful to be be on here and f- just for this opportunity. It's just I really want to do everything I can to make everybody, everybody proud and to make every dollar count. Well, I tell you one thing. We are so looking forward to seeing your documentary, if you like, of <laughs> your trek because I think that is going to be where the big transformations come for people and the big, you know, the big aha moments where a normal people just, where a normal person just like us stands up and says one person can make a difference. And I think what you're going to do, Kristen, is you're going to inspire a lot of people to start to think, well, hang on a second, I'm not so little after all. Maybe I can take a step in the right direction. Maybe I can contribute in whatever it is that they feel passionate to contribute to. So I think you're going to give a lot of people permission to um, really step into the things that they are interested in, passionate about, and want to see, you know, some change made. So thank you for being you, you beautiful soul. Thank you so much. I'm so, so grateful. Now we're going to put the website for the donations um, and the contribution to the Trans Borneo Challenge on our Facebook page. So whip on over there right now to all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat whip on over there and if you can just even give a dollar or just you know as little as you possibly can that would be absolutely fantastic so whip on over to the facebook page again all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments and questions for Kristen. also you can do a um you can pop your comments and questions at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat 
Now, hopefully you've loved today's podcast as much as we've had. Unleash the beast within. If you're passionate about something, let us know. Put your comments on our Facebook page. Send us a private message because we, you never know. We may just invite you to be on the show too. So go ahead and let us know what you're up to. We love you to pieces. Keep us posted on your adventures, Kristen, and thank you so much for being a part of Up For A Chat. Everybody that's listening, join us here next week on Up For A Chat and become part of the ripple effect. And it is that that's changing the world. We're going to see you next week. We love having you on the ride. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.